Okay, so I just want to uh, go a little deeper into what we were learning about yesterday. In the Pasuk, in the uh, blessings that uh, Bilam gave the Jewish people, the, we learned the Pasuk yesterday, uh, Look at people that rises like an awesome lion and raises itself like a lion. And uh, there's another Pasuk earlier on. Uh, Pasuk says, uh, Let's see that Pasuk is. That's later on. Later on. Yeah. Um, They crouch down like a lion, and yeah, Pasuk Tess, Parak of Dalit, it says, He will crouch and lie down in his land like a lion, an awesome lion. Who will dare rouse him? That's the uh, Pasuk we learned yesterday. And it says in the Talmud that, that the sages wanted to institute this verse to be recited in Shema. There are other things that Bilam said that are part of our davening. But they specifically wanted to put this Pasuk in the Shema. And the only reason they didn't was because it's, it, it, they couldn't just quote one verse. If they would bring it into the Shema, they would have to bring the whole section. And it's a long list of blessings. So it would be too hard for people to say every day. And therefore, uh, it, was, it wasn't instituted to be recited in Shema. So the question is, what is this verse expressing? What is it telling us? And it's so important that it should have been in Shema. We should have recited this every day. We know that Shema expresses our, our faith in such a way that no other thing, no other prayer does. And that's why a Shalom person passes away. They, they pass away. Ah, oh, Shalom Aleichem. Shalom Aleichem, Josh. Welcome, welcome. You're from Las Vegas? Wonderful, wonderful. Nice to meet you, Josh. They say that, that Moses was Josh's teacher. You want to have a coffee or tea? It's really kosher on Wednesdays. We try and make things kosher on Wednesdays. Sometimes, you know, we we'll have to go for, go for kosher. Anyways, um, so um, there were there was, uh, these, these two fishermen. We were learning about this earlier this week. These two fishermen. And one of them, every time he caught a fish... He put it in the ice, and the other guy threw the fish back. So somebody asked him, what are you doing? Why are you throwing the fish back? And so he said, I don't have a frying pan big enough to, to fry this fish. So sometimes in life, a similar thing happens to us, that Hashem gives us real opportunities, and uh, we say, I'm, I'm not ready, I'm, not, I'm, not, inter- I'm inter- not interested in this. And there is a very powerful truth that Hashem wants us to pay attention to, in this week's Torah portion, as the Alter Rebbe said, you have to live with the times. And the truth is expressed in this verse that we're discussing. It's a, describing the Jewish people. It says, they lie down like a lion, and they bow and they lie down like a lion. What the verse is saying is that the Jewish people we have in history, we have times we have ascended, times we have descended. Like, let's think about for a second the Jewish people in the time of Achashverosh. The time of Achashverosh, time of the story of Purim, uh, 
it was three years after Achashverosh ascended the, the, the throne, and he calculated, based upon the words of the, the prophets, that the time for the exile, the Jewish people, was going to end. The Jewish people were, were meant to return to Jerusalem. That's what he calculated. He, it was supposed to be a 70-year exile. Seventy years were up, and nothing happened. They weren't, they weren't redeemed. So the king said, okay, they weren't redeemed. So it means they'll never be redeemed. Time to party. That means I'll be able to remain king. That's what Achashverosh said when he was king of, of uh, you know, over there in, 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 uh, in Persia, in Iran. And he made a big party. At the party, to show that you know, he had de- indeed vanquished the Jewish people, he's going to remain the king, and no one could stop him, to demonstrate his greatness, he took out all of the uh, vessels from the Holy Temple, and he wore the clothing of the Kohen Gadol, of the high priest, and he paraded around in the, in, in the, with, that, with that clothing to show, like, the Jewish people are over and done with, and I am now the new king. Now, you think we came to the party? No, did we came to the party. Now we come to the party, it says, do you think we, we were forced to come to the party? We weren't forced. We came when we enjoyed the party. Why, is it, why do we enjoy the party? We were so out of touch with who we are and what we were about, we came to our own like celebration of our destruction kind of party. It's, like, it's, like, it's crazy. So that means th- this is like the, the lion. It says the lion lies down. And it looks like the lion, lying down doesn't just mean lying down. Lying down also means getting sick, getting weak. Lying down um, represents also being depressed, being addicted, being empty, being totally out of touch with who you are. So when you're lying down, when you're in that state of, of, of you, you lose touch with, with who you are, you may think that you no longer have any strength. You may think the Jewish people, because in that story of Purim, that they, they were so assimilated that they didn't, they, they didn't even realize like they're celebrating their own destruction, you may think they're no longer a lion. You may think they don't have any strength. So the Torah says, no, they crouch, they crouch. It's true they crouch. They, they fall. They bend their knee. They bend their knee, but they're still a lion. Even when they're down, they, have, they don't lose their identity. There was a woman who was assaulted by a, someone's chimpanzee. She was really hurt, her face, her hands. So they, they, uh, she took the owner of the chimpanzee to, to court. You know the story? So the judge dismissed the case. Why? Because the chimpanzee was tamed. So how is she supposed to know that the chimpanzee was going to, uh, going to attack? The chimpanzee was, was tamed. Remember when I was a kid, I read a story about a pit bull. Same thing, a pit bull was, 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 was someone's pet, you know, for years. All of a sudden, like, it, it, it just attacked one of the kids and, like, maimed them. So uh, the judge dismissed the case. How were they supposed to know? The, the, the animal was tamed already. What does our Torah say about an animal like that being tamed? The Torah actually says that certain animals can never be tamed. The Torah says that a, uh, a lion, a snake, uh, the, the, there are certain animals that, even though they're tamed, they're not really tamed. In a similar way, although in our history, there are times we go up, times we go down, and it looks like we've become tamed. It looks like we've lost our strength. It looks like we're no longer, we don't have that power as Jews. We don't have that, that connection to Hashem. We look like we're, we're just depressed and but we see that, no, the Jewish people, it may look like they're, a, they're, they're down, but they're a lion. Even when a lion is captured, a lion doesn't lose its identity. Even the lion is captured and, and, and it's following all the orders and it looks like it's, 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 it's been totally tamed. Similarly, it looks like the Jewish people are totally assimilated. 
they're not assimilated. They're, they're, they, they are externally assimilated, but they're not, there's, there's something else. There was this Chabad boy who was, took a taxi from Bnei Barak to Jerusalem, and in the taxi, the uh, guy is driving him, was telling, this Chabad boy is trying to uh, inspire this, this guy who was driving him to put on tefillin. So the guy is like, I want to tell you my story with Judaism. He said, I went with a friend to, to Africa, some kind of safari, they did by themselves, and I wake up in the middle of the night, and there is a, my friend Yigal, he has this snake around his neck, it's coiling around his neck, and I scream out, Yigal, and I try to pull the snake off of him, I can't do anything, it's not around, and all of a sudden, I just, I, I, say, I, I, say, I say, Yigal, say Shema Yisrael, Yigal says Shema Yisrael, well, I know the last words the Jew says in his life, he says Shema Yisrael, and all of a sudden, the snake lets go, <laughs> it goes away, so this friend Yigal, he became very, very observant of Shabbos and kosher and everything. And so this boy asked the driver, what about you? He said, it didn't happen to me, it happened to him. <laughs> so so, so we, we may think, you know, we, we have our identity, we're, we, we, we were, we're not in touch anymore or whatever, but uh, the bottom line is the Torah says, if, even if you're lying down like a lion, you still have, you're lying down, you're still a lion. You still have that power of a Jew, which means the thirst, the yearning to be close to Hashem. There's, there's a verse in Song of Songs, I am asleep, my heart is awake, the voice of my beloved knocks on the door, while I'm lying down at night, I search for what my heart loves. I'm always looking, even though it's not just the Jewish people as a whole. This is, this is something which, which is, um, which we may not think we have, what's always there. There's a famous Israeli uh, uh, rabbi named Rav Shom Shadron. He was once at the Kotel on Shabbos. And this guy drives by the Kotel and he uh, uh, comes out of his car just for a second. He runs over the Kotel. He writes down on Shabbos. Shabbos, he writes down on a piece of paper. He, as people do, you know, with the Kotel, write down your requests and you put it into the wall. He writes down his request, puts it in the wall. And, you know, everyone's thinking, like, probably this guy has, like, some sick relative. But, you know, in Jews... There's always uh, there's the Shlomil and Shlomazon and Nudnik. You know, ever of Shlomil and Shlomazon Nudnik? You know, Shlomil is a guy who spills the soup. The Shlomazon is a guy who the soup spills on. And the Nudnik is the guy who says, what kind of soup was that? So the Nudnik at the Kotel says, well, well, let's see what, let's see exactly what this guy uh, put in the wall. He takes the paper, he opens the paper, what does it say in the paper? Please let Maccabi Tel Aviv. Maccabi Tel Aviv is, is, is a um, Israeli soccer team. Let them win today. <laughs> so, so, so it may look like you know on the surface like oh this guy is so out of touch. On the other hand, like no, he's not out of touch. He needed. A, he wanted his team to win, and he came to the Kotel to pray for his team to win. It, 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 maybe it's Shabbos, and he was driving, and he wrote down a piece of paper. Yeah, but what's in him? What's in him is is this 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 yearning and this love for Hashem and his connection, and that's why his team needs his team to win and. So that's what the Torah wants to tell us. Even though we may be lying down, even though we may be, it seems like we're not in touch, we're a lion. We, we haven't lost anything. And that's why the sages wanted to put this in the Shema. Why, why in the Shema specifically? In the Shema, we talk about our connection to Hashem, and the Shema is supposed to be recited twice a day. One time at night, and go to sleep. One time in the morning when you get up. Both times supposed to affirm and, and demonstrate and express your faith in Hashem. Lying down and waking up doesn't just mean um, going to sleep at night and wake up in the morning. It represents two different kinds of, of, of 
experiences in your soul. There's a time when you are tired and you're, you're, you're not interested. And waking up means you've gathered strength for the day, you're ready to conquer the day, you've, you're fresh. So Torah says, whether you lie down or you get up, you have to say Shema. Whether you're into it or you're not into it, whether you feel or you don't feel, you have, to, you, you have this connection to Hashem. It's there. And, you have to, and, you, and you're, always able to, you're always able to get in touch with it. No matter what's going on, you're always able to get in touch with it because you are the lion. You've, 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 you, you may not feel it, but even you're lying down at night, you have the Shema. You have the, this connection. And that's what Torah commands us. We're getting up in the morning, yeah, of course, you feel great, you feel excited, that's nice. But even when you're lying down, you also have this, this, this connection. That's the simple meaning of the Torah saying. When you lie down like a lion, you should know that, that, that you're still a lion. There's also a deeper meaning. L'chaim, l'chaim. Deep meaning is like this. It says that uh, a lion crouches for another reason as well. A lion crouches, why does a lion crouch? When it's about to jump on its prey, it crouches. It looks like if the lion would stand up, so then it would, its prey would run away. So the lion like, crouches like, I'm, you know, I'm not interested. But that's because it's about to pounce on its prey. And the Torah says, Yaakov's blessings to Yehuda. Yehuda is compared as well, his tribe specifically to a lion. So Yaakov's blessing to Yehuda, he, he also mentions this idea of, of how a lion attacks its prey by first crouching down. In a similar way, um, there are circumstances that you could only um, uh, you could only elevate by being in a down state. In other words, by let's take a look at the soul in general. The soul is in heaven in a beautiful place, and the soul is sent to this world. Why is it sent to this world? It's sent to this world to elevate the physical world. God wants the soul to come to this world and to make this world better, to elevate the world. That's why the soul comes here. So the, the words of the blessing to Yehuda in um, back in Parshas Vayechi, Yaakov tells Yehuda, uh, uh, you, says Yaakov to Yehuda, um, Yehuda is like a lion cub and um, and compared to a fully grown lion, and you, um, you, 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 Miteref uh, Alisa, you, you plot to tear your play, your prey. You, you attack your prey. The Hebrew word for prey is teref. Teref is a word for prey. There is a um, a verse in the beginning of creation that says that when God created the world. There was a spirit of God hovering over the waters. The word, spirit, the, the word hovering in Hebrew is merachefes. Merachefes has two parts. Merachrapach, which is numerically equivalent to 288, and meis, which means death. When God created the world, there were 288 sparks, and they left their vessels. In Judaism, there's no such thing as death. Death means something ended. Judaism, death means that the light departed from the vessel. When God created the world, there was some godly sparks, godly energy, that was not contained in the vessels, and they were scattered throughout the world. How do we elevate these sparks? It's by, by going down and engaging with the physical, by descending, by getting involved in things that we may not want to get involved in. Just like the soul came to the world, and it's involved in things that the soul didn't dream of getting involved in. So to personally, 
Hashem sometimes puts us in places that we never would think that we have any interest in going there. But on the contrary, the fact that Hashem puts us in a place, we're like the lion who crouches down to get that spark, to get that we're uniquely gifted to be able to accomplish things that someone else can't accomplish because of our unique talent. Like think about like soldiers who, um, who are mistarvim. You know mistarvim are the uh, soldiers who go to uh, Iran dressing up like Arabs to try to get the, the secrets of the, of the um, nuclear facilities there. What kind of, so, so it looks like they're not soldiers. It looks like they're like, no, they're just like the scientists or whatever, or they're citizens, however they get dressed up over there. It looks like they're, they're not, but th- those are the best soldiers. The ones who are, who are able to, to go deep into enemy territory and able to uh, discover the enemy secrets, they send the best guys out there. In a similar way, when we find ourselves in situations like, this is such a hard, weird circumstance. Why is this happening to me? Is it because Hashem wants me specifically, He endowed with this unique power to elevate this low and dark circumstance. I'll never forget how I was visiting the, the, um, the, uh, the prison here in, down, in downtown, the, um, federal, the federal uh, prison. And the eighth floor, they have the um, death row prisoners, they have the uh, uh, prisoners which are maximum security. And um, this minister, this Christian minister, is walking down the, the hall and uh, in each door, there's a little chute where the prisoners can um, get receive their food. They open the chute and put the food in. So they couldn't open the door because of security reasons. But I was thinking they could open the chute. I could run the film with the guy through the chute. So, um, so it's really, it wasn't really easy because I couldn't put my hands all the way through the chute. I could only put a, his head, whatever. It was very, a lot of acrobatics was involved. And the priest says, Hey, they didn't teach you that in yeshiva, did they? You know, so... So there are some things that, that, that may seem so weird, like why am I in this circumstance? But when you're in that circumstance, you have to know it's because Hashem knows that you have a unique gift to be able to illuminate that dark circumstance. It's not because you're, you're, you're less than or you're lower. The contrary. Mm-hmm. Hashem says you're able to crouch down or reach a higher place, and therefore you're crouching down. But because the role of you crouching down and going to this lower place is to jump and to reach something else. There... Um, there is, that's why we find this phenomena. It says in the Talmud, if someone tries to become impure, God lets them. He op- lets the door open. If you want to become pure, God assists them. question is, we don't always find this assistance. Sometimes a person wants to, let's say, keep Shabbos. And the second they want to keep Shabbos, all of a sudden the best clients say, I want to talk to you on Saturday morning. I'm leaving to Japan the next day. I want to... Sometimes when you, you want to become better and you, you come to the city, like, I'm going to pray to you with such concentration, and all of a sudden you have to take care of something, you know, your prayer, someone comes to talk to you. It's not always easy, just because the Talmud says the opposite. You want to become pure, God assists you. We don't always, always find you know, the, 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 uh, the, this, this bridge, this golden bridge, whenever we want to become pure, what does it mean? So the answer is, is that when you're in a situation that you want to become pure, that situation, your heart and mind is already in a good place. Hashem now assists you to do something m- better, to elevate a darker and, and, and a harder circumstance. You, you, you're pure, so Hashem says, I'm gonna, I want you to bring that purity to an impure place. It's not that always that Hashem assists us to make it easier. Sometimes, sometimes, sometimes what it means is that Hashem assists us to really implement what we're trying to do in this world. We're able to, 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 to elevate a place in a circumstance which is harder and more difficult. It doesn't sound fun, but... Let me say this. There's a, there's a famous story in the Talmud, I'm sure you heard before. 
there was um, a non-Jew wanted to become Jewish. And he goes to Shammai, and Shammai um, greets him. He says, hey, I want to be Jewish, but only on condition you teach me the whole Torah while I stand on one foot. So it says Shammai had, had, was talking to him. There was this um, ruler, this measuring rod that was used for building. And Shammai kicks him out. He pushes him away with his picks of the ruler, pushes him away. He says, yeah, get out of here. He goes to Hillel, the whole Torah on one foot. Are you crazy? He goes to Hillel, and his Hillel says to him, what's hateful unto you, don't do it to anybody else. That's the whole Torah. That's the whole Torah. The rest is commentary. So, obvious question is, if that's true, why didn't Shammai say it? And if it wasn't true, then what did Hillel say? And why Shammai was known to always greet people with a smile? How come he was so rude to this guy who wanted to be Jewish? The answer is like this. When we pray, we put our feet together. When we get the highest point of a prayer, Lachash, we put our feet together. Why do we put our, put our feet together, Lachash? You know why? Because angels have one foot. So when we get to the highest point of our prayers, the highest point, we put our feet together, so, we're, it's like, so as if it's, it's one foot. So, so the guy said to Shammai, I want to be Jewish. Why do I want to be Jewish? I want to live a life like an angel. I want to live an angelic, pure, holy life. I want to just, just, like, just be, I don't have a life where I'm going up and going down. I want, I want a life where I've, where I've fallen, I have to lift myself up again. I want to be angelic. I want to be pure. I want to be holy. I just want to just, like, like just be. So Shammai said, he pushed him away with the ruler, the measuring rod of building. What does that mean? There, you're, you're, what you want is the opposite of God's plan and creation. God's plan and creation is that we should build the world. And the way the world is built specifically is by a person falling down. Because when you fall down and you go to, you go to a new circumstance of, of darkness, you're able to lift up the sparks there, like the lion. The lion crouches down, the lion can now jump on its prey. So too Hashem brings us in circumstances where we fall in order that, that we should elevate that circumstance as well. So that explains the first half of the story. What about the second half of the story? So it says in Pelish in, in, uh, it says that when one person is encountering a real challenge, personal challenge, and they overcome the challenge, that doesn't just have an effect on their immediate surroundings. It has a ripple effect. Sometimes you could be having this great inspiration one day. You wake up in the morning, I feel like, you know, like, 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 zibidi dura, modan, lefanachi, just jump out of bed, wow, it's sight, I want to connect. Where did that come from? So, so it's because another person somewhere in the world, they, we're all connected to each other. We all, we, we all affect each other. When one Jew is overcoming his evil inclination, he, his challenges, he reveals his soul in such a way that it impacts people all over the world. So when this, this um, non-Jew wants to convert to Judaism, where did that come from? So Hillel said, what's hateful unto you, don't do it to anybody else. Do you know why you feel this inspiration to want to be Jewish? You know where this comes from? It's not coming from you. It's because someone else in the world has a deep, hard challenge in their life, and they overcame that challenge. It's because they weren't on standing on one foot like an angel. It's because they were in a state of failure, in a state of confusion, in a state of depression, in a state of anger, in a state of... And they overcame that challenge. And that's why you have this inspiration. You want to be Jewish. So you don't like to... You want to have all the time inspiration. But you should know... What's hateful unto you, don't do it to anybody else. You don't want to have. You don't want to be in a situation where you don't have inspiration. So don't do this to someone else. If you will be in a state like an angel all the time, and you won't have any ups and downs, you'll never be able to imbue another person with this inspiration that you're experiencing. 
The only reason why you have this inspiration is because someone else was falling and someone else had a challenge and they overcame their challenge. That's why you were. That's what. That's that's why that 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 gave you the spirit of purity. You want to be Jewish, so it's hateful unto you. You wouldn't want to, to lose that. You want you want to have that. That only happened to you because someone else overcame their challenges. So don't do it to, to anybody else. Don't think this angelic thing of only of never falling and is is the ideal. The ideal is that's not that's not the goal. Hashem specifically wants us to. To, to sometimes be in situations where we're going down steps, but it's 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 not just a, 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 a it's in order to, to reach reach a higher place and, and and when you when you fall down it, it you you um, you lift up other people as well because when you when you when you were able to get back on your feet you impact others as well. There was a there was a chassid of the Rebbe's name was Nelson Vogel. He was living in London. He supported the whole Chabad Yeshiva in in England. And, uh, and the Rebbe said, and he told the Rebbe once, like, I take the whole issue on my shoulders, it's too much. So he, was a, he was into diamonds. The Rebbe said to him, if you, if you see um, carrying, carrying a heavy sack of diamonds, and you see some blue diamonds, would you not put them into your bag? Like, you look at this as a challenge, and this is, this, is, this is a diamond. Similar way, when we're experiencing real situations of challenge, we don't want to experience situations of challenge. But we lift up, those are the blue diamonds. Those are the, the, the special, unique diamonds. And when we pick them up, not just picking up our own, we're also picking up other people as well. The Hashem should help that we should uh, be able to deal, over, we, we pray and say in our prayers, don't bring us to a situation of challenge. But uh, we do always experience challenges. But our main request is not that we shouldn't be challenged, it's that we shouldn't be disgraced. We should over, over, overcome our challenges and to bring the light in the places of darkness. And the main thing is that uh, we should see the coming of Mashiach, which, oh, it's interesting, the prophecy of the coming of Mashiach is in which Torah portion? The Torah portion of Balak. The Torah portion about this, this evil person who wants to curse the Jewish people. That's where you find the sparks of Mashiach. So too in our lives, it's these things, these circumstances, which are like totally dark, totally what? And that's totally, why, why this happened to me? That's, that's how, specifically those circumstances is where the blue diamonds are. That's, that's how you create the coming of Mashiach. Chaim, Chaim. Chaim.